This is episode 629 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's podcast, I visit with Michael Schneider of the Economic Collapse blog. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is usually an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website. But from time to time, I interview members of the preparedness community who can bring a ton of value and information to your preparedness. Links for this podcast can be found in the show notes or on theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. Hey, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website, so you can trust it. Other benefits include members-only videos and periodic webinars. This is a great value for $20 a year. So for more information, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Well, guys, I mentioned earlier this week that I was going to try to put out some more podcast episodes since I was home and my school district has shut down. Now, I find out that I am on call, so uh, and they are calling me in, and, and I'm having meetings and things like that online, but also having to, to pop in as well. So um, I'm going to have to be able to do that, so I don't know how long I'll be able to do the, the five days a week. So uh, I, I want to be able to continue doing this, but I just want to let you know that I, I'm probably not going to be able to do it as like I thought, you know, for the whole shutdown or, or however long uh, my school district is shut down. But I'm so excited to bring you this episode. Um, I've, I have been a big fan of Michael Schneider for a very, very long time. And Michael's uh, The Economic Collapse blog website was one that I visited even before I started Prepper Website. And, you know, he started he started a little bit earlier than I started Prepper website, but his his information and his the stuff that he put out just really spoke to me. And that was kind of scary because it always it, it talked about what could possibly happen or where we were going and the trajectory. But the thing I love about Michael's work is that all everything is sourced. It's not like he's just talking from opinion or from what he what he thinks. You know, he he's he really sources it and he provides the source material there right in his articles. And so I really appreciate what he does and the way that he keeps everyone's, you know, just focused on on what's out there and the dangers that are out there. Now, I'm going to let you know that Michael is a man of faith, just like, you know, a lot of you know that I am. I'm a minister. I talk about my faith very openly. We do talk a lot about faith in this episode. And so uh, I know there might be some people all the time I do I do something like this. I always get emails like, hey, you're talking too much about faith or whatever. And I'm like, too bad. <laughs> this is my podcast. And so that's who I am. And who I am is naturally going to come out. And because Michael is a man of faith, we are going to easily talk about faith issues. And so just want to let you know that that is there. So those of you that are believers, then you're going to feel very comfortable. Others, there's still a lot of great information here. And so uh, don't neglect it just because of the the faith talk that we have. Um, He's going to be talking about the coronavirus and economic scenarios. 
I asked him to talk a little bit about practical scenarios and then also like what would happen if it really went sideways, like real SHTF. And Michael doesn't let us down. He really lays it out there. And so just understand that there are, this, this episode might be a little scary for people uh, that are listening to this. But it's one of those things, again, we always kept going back to our faith, right? It's like because of our faith, we know that God's in control. And so uh, hopefully you would feel that as well. Michael does reference the John Hopkins map uh, as far as tracking coronavirus. And I want to let you know that that is in the resources that I have on my website, preparedchristians.com, that uh, the coronavirus for preppers, I think that's the name of the article, and it just says resources there. And I have that linked. I've had that linked in all the episodes since I, you know, since I, I started talking about the coronavirus. So it's there. I just want to let you know, if you're looking for that John Hopkins map, you can easily go there and click uh, the link in the show notes and it'll take you there. All right. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this episode with Michael Snyder of the Economic Collapse blog. Hey, Michael, welcome so much to the Prepper Website Podcast. I am so glad that you're here. Well, thank you for having me on, uh, and I definitely appreciate all the work that you've been doing all these years and encouraging people to get prepared, and, you know, now the time is upon us, you know, so uh, we have so much to talk about with the coronavirus and everything else, so it's definitely a very timely discussion that we're having. Definitely, definitely. You know, I have uh, linked to the Economic Collapse blog and your other blogs as well for many, many years. I'm very familiar with your work and, and what you do. Uh, but there's other people that are out there that might not be f- familiar. Um, actually, one of the, the great things that has happened recently is um, a lot of people are coming to listen to the podcast. And so the podcast numbers are up. There's a lot of new people that are interested in preparedness, which, uh, which is really great. But so for those that, that aren't familiar with your work, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you, why you started writing about economics? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you go back as many years now, um, I was, I, and in fact, when I speak in front of audiences, I say, you know, let me immediately get on your bad side by telling you I used to be an attorney. <laughs> and, you know, and that gets a chuckle from the audience typically. And then I say, let me really get on your bad side by telling you that I used to be a Washington, D.C. attorney. You know, now, of course, this was many years ago, but as I was, you know, heading into D.C., I took the metro in every day, another kind of one of the faceless hordes of, of bureaucratic people pushing papers around. Um, but, uh, you know, as I was working and I was seeing what's happening in our society, and of course, at that time, you know, we were heading into a financial crisis and everything else, and I was just becoming deeply concerned about what I was seeing. I thought, well, you know, what can I do? I'm just, I get up in the morning, I go to work, no one knows who I am, no one cares who I am. How in the world could I possibly make a difference? So I, I you know, I it was praying about it. And eventually I started writing. I, I started with a, a couple of really small blogs. And at first you could have measured my readership with a microscope, but I kept at it. I didn't give up. And that's as, as with so many things in life, that's the key. You just got to keep going, keep working. So I kept going. And then eventually I started the economic collapse blog in 2009. I can't believe that has been now more than a decade um, and that really struck a chord at that time because so many people, you know, were losing their jobs. They were losing their homes that, you know, we, we do, there was so much chaos going on with the economy and the, and the financial system at that time. 
So it really took off. And then I, I also started endoftheamericandream.com, themostimportantnews.com, and all those continue to this day. Um, but the audience started getting very, very large. And, and uh, shortly after that, then, uh, you know, we moved out of there and eventually we ended up here uh, at where I tell people I'm in an undisclosed location in the mountains in the Northwest. Um, and so it's funny because you think if you're going to impact the world, that Washington, D.C. would be a great place to do it. But God took us out of there, brought us up to the middle of nowhere, up in the mountains. And from here, we're literally touching countless people all over the globe. We get emails from people all over the planet that we're touching um, with the truth. Um, and so, I mean, it's, it's incredible, you know, what the Internet has allowed us to do, where, yeah, the Internet's used for all sorts of horrible things, but it's also allowed ordinary people like me, ordinary people like you, to literally touch people all over the planet with it going around the gatekeepers and having an amazing impact uh, for the Lord and for, you know, for the truth. And so um, I'm very thankful for, you know, the doors the Lord has opened. I never imagined that I would, uh, you know, someday be doing the things that I've had the opportunity to do. But it's not for ourselves that we're doing it. It's for him and it's for these times. It's literally, uh, Todd, you and I and others have been warning people for years and years and years, and we've been mocked a lot for what we've done for encouraging people to prepare. And now the time is upon us, and a lot of people that we're mocking are caught totally unprepared. They're, they're not ready. And a lot of people, they're going to end up getting the virus. They're, you, know, you know, a lot of the mockers are going to pay a great price for mocking. And a lot of people that used to be mocking are now like, man, you guys were right. So... Um, to a certain extent, we're now being vindicated. And, and Todd, actually, wh what we're experiencing now, people need to understand, is just the beginning. We're just at the very beginning of the things that are going to transpire down the road. But uh, things have gotten very, very serious very, very rapidly. Yeah, you are very true in what you're saying and you're right about the the mocking and you know sometimes in, in preparedness you want to be very careful about what you say because you wind up you know looking like a whack job uh, you know if if you're out there and you have a real job but you feel like you need to warn people and you want to make sure that that they know what is out there um you know you, you got to do it very delicately because you wind up seemingly to to be a, a whack job and so I completely understand uh, the vindication uh, to, you know, I, I am, I'm, I'm glad that people will, I guess I'm not so concerned myself about the vindication is more to, I hope people start getting prepared. I hope they see this thing that has, that, that has happened. And then they, they start to say, you know what, it did happen very fast. This did, I mean, we had no eyes on it. Uh, you know, those that were paying attention, you know, have eyes on it, but, but it happened so fast. And here we are, and I never want to be in this kind of situation again. And so hopefully that, you know, we come out of it that way. So I've been, I've been reading people that say, uh, people that have been saying, this is going to change the way we do life here, you know, moving forward. Uh, and, and so hopefully people do start moving to that more self-reliant life. Oh, I very much agree with you. Now, you know, with this coronavirus, Todd, and, uh, you know, it's, it's come so quickly that to a certain extent, the time for preparation is already over because, you know, we're, we're seeing people storm the big stores. But this virus, people need to understand this coronavirus 
It passes so easily from person to person. It can survive on surfaces for days. They're finding out, hey, if someone coughs, it can hang in the air. It can be, you know, um, and, 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 you know, it, it, as we've seen all over the world, once it gets in a community, it can just spread like wildfire. So, and if you want to really, if you want to go out and catch this virus, one of the very best places to do this is at the big stores because people are breathing on everything, coughing on everything, touching everything. And, and thousands upon thousands of people are going through these stores right now. So, yeah, people say, well, I'll st still run out to the store and get what I need. I mean, we're starting to see shortages of certain things all over the nation. But if your intent is to go prepare for this virus, if you go out to the store, there's a good, a good chance you could actually end up catching this virus. So my, the recommendation I'm giving to my reader is stay away from the stores. In fact, stay home if at all possible. Uh, you know, to a certain extent, um, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's really too late. And the people say, well, I'll order things online. Okay, that's better. But then you got to think of how many people are touching this package on its way to you. If you do order something online, you, whatever you receive in your home, you've got to use extreme caution in receiving that package. Then I would set it aside in an isolated location for at least seven days, probably longer, but at least seven days, and, and you're taking a risk. So, um, you know, ideally what the goal should be now is avoiding this virus. Yes, most of the people that get it end up surviving, and that's the good news, although some people have said, well, the death rate looks like it is even higher than the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918 to 1920, which killed over 50 million people. Um, so it, you know, it appears to have a much higher death rate than the ordinary flu. Just look at what's happening in Italy, where in northern Italy now their, 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 uh, their cremation centers have so many dead bodies they can't keep up, just like we saw in Wuhan in China originally. So this is killing a lot of people, but if you get it, you'll probably survive. However, survivors have described weeks of blinding pain. They've described where their, their lungs, they feel like they can't even breathe. I mean, just you know, that they don't even want to get out of bed. I mean, it's just, you know, some have described that they feel like they're going to die. So even if you survive, you don't want to go through that. And then, you know, we've seen articles where medical professionals say, hey, this can cause permanent damage to the lungs for the rest of your life. So the goal right now in terms of preparedness is to avoid this virus, which means staying home. Now, some people out there, a lot of people out there say, well, I've got to keep working because that's the only way my family is going to survive. If that's the case, what my recommendation would be is then whoever's working in the family probably needs to isolate from whoever the rest of the family, which that means maybe whoever's working goes and stays somewhere else. For now, separate separately from your family. I know that's not easy, but if you get the coronavirus and you bring it home, your whole family is probably inevitably going to get it, and you don't want to do that. So this is some. I mean, very honestly, this, there's going to be some heartbreaking choices right now, and it's not going to be easy. And the decisions are not going to be easy. But we're here, and people are saying, "Michael, how can I get prepared for this?" Well, the time for preparation's already passed, and anything from now on that you do go to get more stuff. Um. 
you're really, really taking a big risk. At least that's my perspective. I mean, Todd, maybe you see things differently. Well, you know, uh, we've been doing that here at the at, at our home. We've been very, very careful about what we're doing. Um, we have friends that are not taking it serious, and so they're out. Uh, we see them on Facebook. We see them doing things, you know, online, and they're they're having a great old time. And yeah, that's that's very concerning. As far as, you know, if they want to come over, like, I'm sorry, no, you're not coming over. We're really practicing the social distancing. But let me ask you this, because, again, there, there are people that are listening to this that are barely coming to preparedness. And they're listening to you, and they're going to be freaked out, man. They're going to be like, all right, I don't want to go to the store, but I've got to, to have food for my family. Uh, so your recommendation, I just want to be clear, is to order as much as you can online and uh, do the delivery but then have a way to, to make sure that you can, can sanitize it. I know that I, we had Samantha Biggers on uh, last week, and she talked. She's, doing a, she's been bugging in for, for, uh, you know, for like 50-plus days at the time that we interviewed, and she's doing the same thing. So when, when things come in from uh, being ordered, they're wiping it down, they're spraying it down with, with solution and, or putting it to the side, doing all that kind of stuff. If it's not something that, that they need to – you know, to get into right away, they can set it to the side. Um, is that is that your recommendation for those that, like I said, might be very new uh, to the podcast and they're starting to freak out and they're like, "Hey, wh- I'm, you know, what do I do here?" Yeah, uh, one thing that and, you know, especially if you're in an area of the country where it's not spreading wildly yet, um, one thing that you could consider because I mean, if you don't have anything. You can't let your family starve, so you're going to need some food. Um, and, you know, what is available in many areas now, especially at a lot of grocery stores, you can go and you can go on an app ahead of time, put in your order, then they'll bring it out to you in the parking lot. Now, that there's still a risk in that. I want to be very clear. There's still a risk, but at least you're minimizing the risk where they're bringing it out. Now, the person who's bringing out could have the coronavirus or the the the, the you know the products that they're bringing out could have coronavirus on it. So you know, in receiving that, you want to be very very careful in loading it into your vehicle. Um, but then you know, once it gets into your vehicle, you can come home, maybe leave your vehicle outside for a while, and then, as you mentioned, spraying it down or dipping it in a solution. You know, there's different ways to do it, um, but trying to sanitize it. But even if you do that, I would still let it sit for seven. I'm just overly cautious because I don't want this virus. So having multiple steps, multiple precautions, and even if you do go out and you you order something and you get it brought out to your vehicle. You know, I would still wear a mask. I would wear gloves. I would wear whatever protective equipment you have. I would, uh, you know, be spraying my silver solution or whatever you use. Um, you know, different people like different products. But I would, I would uh, have a multi-layered extreme caution approach. But that's one way you can go out and get things from the grocery store without having ha- actually having to go into the grocery store, uh, you know, which is, which is uh, important, of course. Uh, ordering things online, although you know, uh, you know, even there are people who've ordered things from Amazon that are, you know, Amazon hasn't even scheduled a delivery date yet. So ordering things online, even if it looks like it's in stock, you have to realize now you might not get it for weeks or months. So um, you know, you could try ordering supplies from emergency food companies. You know, that might actually be safer than through somebody like Amazon. 
There's a, you know, a lot of great companies. Well, m most of them have gone out of business over the last few years, but there's still companies that sell emergency food uh, online. You can order it, but once again, you've got to use extreme caution in whatever you're bringing into your house because, you know, you don't know what has happened to anything you order along the way as it gets to you. So um, some people are going to have to take some risk because they're not prepared, but just try to use caution however you can. Good, good points. You know, the, the coronavirus is going to, is affecting us more than just the food and, and being prepared. It's affecting us economically. And I think now it, it's almost like a joke. We've become very accustomed to seeing 2,000 plus negative points, you know, in the stock market. And then 1,000, I think today, before we started recording this, um, it was up, you know, 900 points, you know, 1,000 points right before uh, we started recording so can you tell us in layman's terms, what's going on economically? Because, you know, some people can look at the stock market and, and they might not even care. But as for, for our sakes, can you give us some layman, layman's terms, some understanding of what is going on? And is it just due to the coronavirus or, you know, is it, are there other things in place here? Yeah. Uh, there's several things I want to cover here. Um, you know, as I've documented on my website, I mean, really, we've started to see, you know, uh, I can, the whole global economy was slowing down. Global trade was really slowing down before we even got to the coronavirus. So we were already kind of in that phase. And then in terms of the financial markets, though, they we had seen this ridiculous bubble where earlier this year we saw all-time highs and stocks have become more overvalued than ever before in all of U.S. history when you look at sales to uh, stock price ratios in terms of the amount of stuff that businesses were actually selling compared to their stock price or, you know, in terms of, uh, their, their, of what they were earning to their stock price, that ratio, how, how much money they're actually making compared to their stock price. These ratios were the highest in all of American history. And so it was inevitable that the stock market bubble would burst. And now fear of this coronavirus has burst this bubble because so far less than 100 Americans have died. So, but it's fear of what will happen, what we've seen around the rest of the world that is causing such a freak out right now. And so we've seen incredible volatility on Wall Street, really like we've never seen before. And this, hap I, I, I tell my readers, this happens during any financial crisis during 2008. We saw stocks go, one day they'd be way down, another day they'd be way up. Don't think if they go up on a day that the crisis is over because we see these big waves up and down and both are a bad sign. You know, normally what you want to see in a market is just slow, steady increases, just kind of a calm market where things are steadily rising. That's mostly what we've seen in recent years. But now we see these huge waves up and down and both are really bad signs. And so, and actually what we've seen over the past uh, week or so, a little over a week, within just these, these past couple of weeks, we've seen the three largest single day point crashes in all of U.S. history. You know, to put this in perspective, in 2008, the largest down day for the Dow Jones Industrial Average that we witnessed was just 777 points wow. during the last financial crisis. And so the moves we're seeing now are incredible. Last Monday, not yesterday, but the previous Monday, an all-time record was set when the Dow crashed 2,013 points, beat the old record, shattered the old record by more than 800 points. 
So we thought that was something. Then on Thursday, the Dow crashed more than 2,300 points, breaking the old record, which was just set a few days before. Then on Monday, the Dow was down 2,977 points, which, you know, to put that in perspective, was almost four times larger than the biggest single-day crash in the last financial crisis. So, and then it's up today about 1,000 points, last I checked before we got on. So we're going to see, continue to see these big waves up and down based on the news, and a wave of fear comes in, and then it subsides, and people say, oh, stocks look cheap, let's get in, you know, because some people are still stupid. Um, so we're going to see these waves up and down, um, and people need to understand that. But it's fear of what's going to happen. But people need to understand, in terms of the real economy, this is just getting started. because. In order to bring about a, like a full-blown economic collapse, I can't think of too many other things that would cause such a thing to happen other than you know a total global pandemic which causes the total shutdown of society. And that's really what we're seeing right now, Todd. A total shutdown of not just the United States, but really the entire Western world. And you know, yesterday, San Francisco announced basically a total lockdown except being able to go out for essential reasons of the entire city of San Francisco and surrounding regions. Today, New York City essentially did the same thing. And we're, now that they've done it, we're going to see it all over the nation. And eventually the nation as a whole might be totally locked down. There have been discussions about shutting down uh, air travel inside the United States. It's already been shut down from Europe and elsewhere, but they might restrict domestic air travel. There's even discussions about potentially uh, shutting down travel between states. The governor of Florida has already asked for this. Um, and if it gets bad enough, we'll probably see it. Um, so ba basically, we're seeing schools shut down, bars and restaurants have already been shut down all over the nation. All sporting events are basically shut down. Basically, everything in society is shutting down. That means virtually all trade, most trade, uh, you know, there's still grocery stores are still open. Some things are still open. But, into, you know, most trade requires some type of interaction between actual people. And so we're seeing economic activity come to a standstill at a pace that is, pace that is absolutely breathtaking. So what that we're going to see, we're going to see economic numbers just absolutely crash. In fact, we got a preview of that with a manufacturing number yesterday. And, and we're already seeing numbers out of China absolutely crash. We're going to see a crash in the economic numbers like we've never seen before. We're going to see, and, and we're going to very rapidly see, incredible numbers of people go out of work. In fact, Moody's Analytics just said yesterday said, hey, 80 million jobs are potentially at risk. We're already seeing thousands of workers in New York, restaurant workers, workers on Broadway. They're out of work. They're complaining, hey, we need money. How are we going to pay our rent? There's already call, calls in Washington, D.C., Mitt Romney. A Republican, a liberal economist, conservative economist, calling for people to be given a thousand dollars. Everybody, every adult in America already. Uh, there's already calls for a fifty billion dollar bailout of the airline industry. Every industry in America is going to be calling for a bailout, and still less than a hundred Americans have died. So, what is going to happen, Todd? If this thing continues to progress, if thousands start dying, if millions even of Americans start dying. It's going to be the worst economic uh, crisis we've ever seen. It's not just going to be a recession. It's going to be a very deep depression. Uh, depending on how long this goes on, millions of people can lose their jobs. People aren't going to have an income. People aren't, aren't going to be able to pay their mortgage. 
Uh, that means banks are going to get in trouble. I mean, the dominoes, we could talk about dominoes upon dominoes upon do dominoes all day. Um, but basically, depending on how this law goes, it's going to be an absolute horror show. And then, and then, and for now, we know it's going to go at least for two more months because CDC had just come out and said, hey, we want all gatherings of, of more than 50 people to be banned for at least the next two months. So, you know, we should expect at least several more months and we'll see how this coronavirus goes, but it could be a whole lot longer than that. In fact, the Spanish flu pandemic lasted from January 1918 to December 1920. So we don't know if it's going to go for something like that, but this could get really, really bad, Todd. Well, in the Spanish flu, I mean, that, those were very different times. Where, where do you see the real big differences as, as, as for us as a nation when we're, when we're looking at, because I've seen those articles as well, people looking at the Spanish flu and, and where we are right now, and not necessarily just the pandemic aspect of it, but the economic aspect of it. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, if you go back 100 years, you know, you know, most Americans were on farms. Americans were, or at least a very large percentage of the population. Um, so the people were very, very self-sufficient at that time. I mean, we were just coming out of World War I where people were, you know, stocking up and in kind of in a wartime mindset anyway. But back in those days, you know, people, you know, had their homesteads, people had their farms, people... Um, and the population, you know, sadly, there was, there was uh, you know, uh, the, the overall population that had a higher moral character. Today, our society is, you know, uh, has degenerated so rapidly. And then, of course, most people are urban or suburban. They, they don't have much in their pantries. They don't, most people don't even have gardens. They just are reliant on going to the store and getting whatever they want. Most people, most of the population is living paycheck to paycheck, relying on that job is going to be there. Um, so like we saw in the last financial crisis, if the paychecks start coming, not, don't come in, people can't pay their mortgages, can't pay their bills very, very rapidly. And so people are going to be crying out for the government for help. So, I mean, it is a very, very different environment today where the world is so interconnected, where this thing is spread so rapidly, where so people are so dependent on the system. Um, and so... I mean, you know, to a certain extent, I think we're more vulnerable today than they were back then. I mean, you know, and ultimately, it's, it's, a, it's a very different disease. Now, hopefully, hopefully, let us pray that it won't get as bad as people are saying. Let us hope that maybe warmer weather comes and it starts to subside, as some have suggested. We don't know. We don't know how ultimately bad it will get. We want to hope for the worst. And it's very important that I tell people, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. God does not want you to be afraid, okay? Um, in fact, you know, uh, you know it, most Bible-believing Christians believe that we're living in the last days, and the Bible speaks. Jesus warned us in Luke chapter 21. He said, look, there will be pestilences in the last days, and we don't know if COVID-19 is one of those pestilences. We don't know, um, and I want to make that very clear. But, uh, you know, God, the reason why God warned us about the things that are coming in the last days is not so that we would be afraid, but so that we wouldn't be afraid because God has a plan. He is in control. He knew about everything that's coming in advance. He knew about COVID-19 in advance. And, uh, you know, and one of the reasons why, you know, there's, he's led so many of us to warn people to prepare is so that we could be prepared, so that we could, uh, you know, face what's coming 
uh, uh, and trust in him. And in fact, my wife and I believe that the times ahead are going to be some of the greatest times that the church has ever seen because it's going to shake people up. People are going to realize their need for God. I believe we're going to see the greatest harvest of souls in human history, and it's going to be a great time for the people of God. Um, so don't be afraid, but uh, things look like they're going to get really bad. And beyond COVID-19, people need to understand this thing's not going to come and go, and then life is going to get back to normal. No, so many of the things we've been warning about are going to be happening but once again, don't be afraid because God has a plan. Now, God's plan for you might look radically different, radically different from what you thought your life was going to look like. And so people are going to be mourning for what they lost because their ambitions, their career, their 401k, their stock portfolio, their, all the possessions they accumulated. That's not what life is about, okay? So people need to realize God may have a t totally different plan for you, but he does have a plan for you. Very well said. Um, you talked a little bit about faith and, and Christians out there. What do you think Christians should be doing in response to what's going on right now as far as what's, what's practical? Because you've talked about, hey, we got to make sure we're you know, living this life where we're very cautious and we're social distancing and, and all of that stuff. Where can someone who wants to be of use by the Lord, and there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are believers, and I know that this, this would be very interesting for them and, and they'd want to hear this, is what are you, what's your opinion? How can they be of help and of service out there in, in this time? Yeah, well, there's going to be a lot of people in need. And now, and you, know, you know, so many of us have family members. So many of us have close friends that, you know, we said, hey, you need to get prepared. We've been telling them for years and they didn't get prepared, right? So now family members are going to be in need or, or people that you're close to, maybe people in your community. Now you're going to have to prayerfully ask the Lord and seek his guidance and, okay, what do you do? If, if people need to come into your home, do you allow them into your home? You know, did, and, you know sharing what you've stocked up, do you, who do you share it with? You know, there, I can't say these are always going to be easy decisions, but the Lord has called us to be generous to love people, to take care of people, especially those in our own household, our own family. So, and there's going to be people that are going to be in need. And so we want to, you know, we want to love others as we love ourselves. We want to, you know, love God with everything we've got. So we want to show that love to those around us because people are going to be hurting. People are going to be in need. Uh, and so we want to be able to reach out and do that prayerfully, asking the Lord to guide us in, in making wise decisions and wise choices. And, and what do we do in our community and to what extent do we need to isolate ourselves? They're not going to be easy choices, but, you know, seeking, you know, God gives us wisdom. The Bible says, hey, if you want wisdom, ask the Lord, seek the Lord to give us wisdom because everybody's circumstances are different. And now, now, now will also be a time when people are going to be depressed because, you know, as I said, God doesn't want us to fear, but we're seeing fear in the world and it's going to get worse. We're seeing people are responding and we're seeing this so much on Facebook online where people are responding very emotionally. I mean, some people are still denying this, this virus is a threat. They're, they're responding very emotionally because they don't want to believe that this is real and actually happening. So in their anger, this is how they're coping with it. You know, other people are, are being very depressed, very down, in despair. And so with people being really shaken up, 
People are going to be needed to, to be pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. People need the gospel. People, people are going to need hope. And so, you know, for a lot of us that have been warning, 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 now, you know, a big part of our ministry is now going to be pointing people, hey, yeah, things are really, really bad. This is what we warned about, and there's more stuff coming, but we're going to point you, there is hope. You know, there's hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those of us that know the Lord Jesus Christ, even if we get this virus and die, well, we go to be with the Lord. So we have a future that is greater than we can possibly even imagine. And people need that more than anything else. And so, you know, the, the you know, to a big extent, this could be an opening for the gospel, an opening for the message of, of, of the cross, because our society has become so hardened, hearts have become so hardened in modern society, and our society has been racing toward their sin, racing away from God. But now with this shaking coming, this could turn people back, at least some people, and make them realize they need God. So this is an opportunity to start getting out there and start getting out your fishing pole, start becoming a fisher of men. Um, even if you can't do it in person, even if you're isolated at home, well, the good thing that they didn't have in 1918, we've got the internet. So we've got Facebook. We've got different things where we can, we can go in. Because really, Facebook and social media of today it, that's the marketplace of today. I mean, you don't go out, if you go out on the street corner and start preaching, no one's going to listen to you. But if you go in and engage with the culture through the internet, well, that's where everybody is. So it's an opportunity to engage with the culture and explain to them, hey, you, you know, and you can make a measurable impact in people's lives by giving them hope, by giving them Jesus. But then also, like I mentioned, uh, you know, uh, helping people on a practical level, your family, your extended family, your friends, your neighbors, those in your community, as God leads you and he gives you wisdom about what choices to make. So um, can you think of anything else there, Todd? No, well, I mean, a lot of good points. What I have always told my people at church is, you know, evangelism is best done one-on-one and, or in small groups. You can have big events, but those don't normally, I think even uh, – you know, Billy Graham said that there wasn't the reach out there that that could have been uh, when when he was doing his big events. It is you know, so evangelism really is one on one, and it should be you know you have that ability to reach into other people's lives and to share exactly what you were talking about. You know, when when I got into preparedness and I started reading some of the things that were out there, I remember very. I wish I would have saved the article, but I remember one article that I was reading, and this might have been before Prepper website. But she said something. the The author said something along the lines as, "I've been telling my mom to prep, and if she she's not prepping, so if things happen and she comes to my door, she's going to be met uh, with a shotgun." And I'm like, how can you possibly do that to your mom, right? I mean, I know people have all different kinds of relationships with parents and all that kind of stuff, but come on, how could you do that? And early on, I always believed as a Christian that, you know, when, when the poop hits the fan, that that's our, that's our time to be able to let our light shine. For a Christian, you know, in, in an SHTF situation, we don't circle the wagons and just, you know, put on our, our Rambo gear and then wait for, you know, someone to come attack us. That's when we're able to go out there and, and be a light. And again, uh, you know, with family, exactly like what you were saying, there's going to be people out there that are going to be hurting. There's going to be people that are depressed. Um, they're going to need a message of hope. And uh, that's, this is where the Christian community can, can shine. Hopefully the, 
the true Christians that are out there and not the ones that have been playing church for so long will be able to, to shine and, and share the, share the, the message of the gospel. And, uh, and I, I believe that, that this would be a, a great time. So definitely, definitely agree with you on all of that. Let's get, um, let's go. You talked a little bit about scenario and you gave us like, uh, I remember watching one of the things that kind of got my wife, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, that's got my wife uh, started into preparedness was one summer we watched a docudrama called After Armageddon. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Uh, I think it was Discovery Channel or, or National Geographic's put it out. And uh, it was about a pandemic. It was really crazy. It was about a pandemic and then all the economic situation. I mean, that's like a worst case scenario. I've been telling people that's worst case scenario if something like that happened. Where, where are we headed? N- not just with the coronavirus and maybe the economics. Can you give us two scenarios? Can you give us where just your opinion? Because you, you do a lot of research. One of the things I like about your, your articles that you put out is that, I mean, you're always quoting sources. It's not just, you know, Michael Schneider's opinion. You're always quoting sources. So if you're like, hey, you, I, you got a problem with this, go back to the source. This is what the source is saying. So, but this is your opinion, right? And, but you're very well read and you've been researching this stuff for a while. What's a, what's a, a practical scenario maybe that, that we might be in? And then what's that worst case scenario in your mind of what could possibly happen? Yeah, in terms of, of looking ahead, I mean, for the next couple months, uh, you know, society is going to be shut down. And then because we're in such a litigious society, there's going to be a, such a hesitancy to open things back up. Because if you're a decision maker and you open things back up too early and people get sick or die or catch the virus, well, number one, you could lose your job. Number two, you could be sued into oblivion. And number three, there's potentially even criminal negligence in some cases, potentially. But, you know, people don't want to number, most of all, people don't want to be sued. So there's going to be such caution and reopening back up. But kind of a best case scenario is that, you know, okay, we we see the virus numbers, warmer weather comes, and it's kind of like the flu or cold where they don't go away completely, but the numbers subside quite a bit during the warm weather months. And which if that happens, we might see things start to eventually open back up. But for a few months, because then the experts are saying, well, then I'll just come back in the fall and winter and, you know, another wave like the Spanish flu and then just hit us hard again. So we might have a window of a during the summer months where we could go out and maybe do some more preparing, although the virus will still be out there just at a a lower level, potentially. Um, What, What does that look like economically? In which case, economically, we might see a restoration of, uh, of, of activity to somewhat normal levels uh, for a few months, um, which could provide many people a window to, to do some of the things they desperately need to do. Um, we don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, right now we're looking at May at the earliest, really, um, for the, you know, at the best case scenario, maybe May and then to the fall, in a, the wildly best case scenario to have that kind of a window, um, you know, or, you know, another scenario is where this COVID-19 kind of peaks, then it, it fades away somehow. And of course, God can do whatever he wants. So if people pray and, 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 and God intervenes and takes this pandemic away, well, then things could go back relatively normal 
um, eventually. So, I mean, these are best case scenarios. Um, and let's hope that we're seeing something like that. Now, worst case scenario is that this thing just keeps on going, keeps on spreading. And now a Harvard epidemiologist pretty early on said, hey, this could affect 70% of, of the world population could get become infected. And uh, German Chancellor Angela Merkel has used the same number, up to 70%. A, uh, the attending physician of US Congress used the same number, up to 70%. Um, uh, of the uh, uh, of, of the U.S. population, uh, Goldman Sachs said they expect half of the U.S. population to eventually become infected. If if those uh, scenarios come to pass, uh, we will see millions of people die around the world. Uh, we could see millions of people potentially die. And New York Times just came out: worst case scenario, 6.99 million, essentially seven million people dead in the United States. If that happens. We're going to see a complete and total economic collapse, uh, civil unrest, uh, people rioting, people looting, armed guards on food trucks. In fact, we just saw police protecting a, a shipment of toilet paper uh, at a Costco in California on Saturday. Um, but and basically, we're, we're talking about total society meltdown in the worst case scenario, complete and total economic collapse, millions of people out of work, um, complete and utter desperation all over the country. Um, and basically total financial meltdown, companies all over America going bankrupt, uh, a, a far worse banking meltdown than we saw in 2008, basically all the dominoes falling. Um, so we don't know if we're going to see a best case scenario, worst case scenario, or somewhere in between at this point. But in any, even in the best case scenario, economically, things are not going to be like they were before unless we see a completely best case scenario in which God intervenes, completely wipes out this virus, completely eliminates it from the face of the planet Earth and takes all the fear away, um, which God could do. But barring some type of supernatural miracle like that, life's not going to go back to normal anytime soon, which means major economic downturn. So people need to brace for hard times, the kind of things that you and I and others have been warning about for a very, very long time. It's just this, which was in, kind of inevitably coming just because we've been living in the greatest debt bubble in the history of the world. Everything we've been doing on Wall Street with the financial system, with the corporate debt, with everything is completely unsustainable. So something was going to come along and burst this bubble at some point. And now fear of this coronavirus has is, is done that and is accelerating what was going to really happen eventually anyway, but now it just happened faster than a lot of people thought. So now it's here and we don't know exactly how everything's going to play out ahead, but Todd, we do know that things are going to be rougher than what we've been accustomed to up to this point. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it definitely it does. Um, I, I wanted to ask this, your, your thoughts on this. I think President Trump has has mentioned this before, but you know, with the global supply chain and us, you know, the United States being so dependent on not just China but other countries as well, do you see a, a great resurgence of manufacturing here, or are, have we learned our lesson that we need a little be, be a little bit more self reliant here in in the United States and make our own medicine and you know manufacture our own goods? Or do you see us just like, okay, we're over this thing. Uh, let's go ahead and, and ramp up the global supply chain back again. What, what do you think? Well, 
you go back to the crisis of 2008, we should have learned so many lessons from that crisis, but we really didn't. So, you know, I guess it's hard for me to be optimistic moving forward, but, you know, maybe this has scared people enough where if this totally went away, we'd see a resurgence of manufacturing in the U.S., and that is what should happen if things went back relatively to normal. Unfortunately, I don't think things will go back relatively to normal. And so, you know, in terms of our economic infrastructure, I think it's just going to continue to break down moving forward. And unfortunately, we've got ourselves now in a position where, for example, so many of our pharmaceutical drugs are sourced, at least the materials, the raw materials from China. Um, and already USA Today recently came out with an article saying already, hey, there's 30 drugs that are there's shortages of or emerging shortages of. And that's a major problem because what are people going to do without their without their drugs, without their medicines? So, um, and the more this drags on, the the worse this is going to get because we're so reliant on those global supply chains, which are already breaking down. So people need to brace for shortages. Uh, hopefully people have, uh, you know, made provision for that. But of course, most of the population hasn't. So Todd, you know, uh, as much as I'd like to be optimistic about the future, I'm, I'm really not. And, uh, you know, and we are going to see shortages of certain things, I believe, moving forward. And people need to brace for that. All right. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's uh, kind of like some of your articles, Michael. It's kind of like you, you finish reading it. You're like, oh, man, you know, come on. No, let's not because this isn't something that anybody wants. We, we don't want to be in this situation, you know, e even preppers. You know, so there's been some people out there that I'm like, OK, that, that's not that's not the attitude that you want to have. But I guess those that have really looked into what could possibly happen and, and where this could go you don't want an SHTF situation, right? You, you don't want that to happen. And so, you know, that's, that's again, the, the faith, I, I'm so glad that I'm a Christian. I have a, a, a deep faith. Um, that's what, you know, that's where my hope lies in. Uh, ultimately, you know, I'm, I, God has given me a brain. I, I, I do use that, you know, to, to prepare and do learn skills and all that, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately my faith is, is in the Lord. And I'm so uh, I'm concerned with people that don't have that. You know, like you said, they're going to be in despair, and, and we need to be able to, uh, you know, reach them and be able to to share the love of the of God with them. You know, one of the things that's kind of just really baffled me lately when we've we've seen all this uh, uncertainty in the stock market is the price of gold and silver has it keeps going lower. I mean, I can't, but it's like, it was at $12 earlier today and uh, just under $13. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? You would think that if there was so much uncertainty in the stock market, that gold and silver would be just blasting through the roof. So can you, can you talk to us? Why, why is that happening? Yeah, yeah. And, and we're kind of seeing a disconnection now between the physical market and the paper market and where, you know, people have been buying up, uh, you know, uh, uh, coins, silver coins, particularly voraciously. Millions have been sold uh, here in recent weeks. Uh, um, and so there's a, a, a real demand for silver coins. But in terms of the marketplace, we're, we, we're, we're, we might even see the price go lower, Todd, of gold and silver as the market crashes. Okay, as we're in the kind of this, uh, the, you know, market crash deflationary phase. Now, eventually, 
And and we're already starting to see the flood, the Fed come out and say, oh, we got to flood the flood the marketplace with money. And eventually, this is what we're going to see. We're any every wave of of bad news, the response of the federal government and the Federal Reserve is going to be like more money, more money, more money, more money. And so eventually, they're 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 just going to flood the system with money. At the same time, we're seeing economic activity come to a standstill. So there's going to be a lot less products and services and a lot more money coming into the system. And what does that add up to? Uh, Inflation, tremendous inflation. So eventually, that's what we're going to see. Where We're going to see the day when a loaf of bread is 10 bucks. We're going to see the day when a gallon of milk is $20. And when, once, when we get to that inflationary period, that is going to cause, there's going to be a, 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 a flight to hard assets where you can protect the value of your savings, of your assets, of your, and, and so at that point, silver and gold will really start escalating dramatically. So during the stock market crash phase, yeah, paper, gold, paper, silver are going to go down, but eventually the stock market's going to be really, really low, really crashed. And then as we see the inflation come in, tremendous inflation, kind of Weimar Republic type of inflation, I mean, gold and silver are going to appreciate in value tremendously, I believe. So that'll be the phase when we see them really, really go up in price, I believe. So um, I people out there with gold and silver, don't get too discouraged because, yeah, they might not even go down a little bit more. Um, uh, but at some point this inflationary phase is going to kick in and I think that's going to be extremely good for the price of gold and silver in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, there's so many things out there, so many people saying different things and uh, it's just good to have a little bit of insight to why we're, we're seeing those things and, and what can, what, what can we expect with, with something like that? I mean, that's one thing when you, when you always read the uh, dystopian, prepper novels right silver is the is the thing that everybody has and uh you know that's that's one question i know that's on people's minds right now because it's so low it's, it's gone so, i mean it's lower than uh, i've ever tracked it before i've you know i've never, never seen it that low before as far as when when i started becoming interesting in it interested in it so that's uh, that's one of those things so those those that are looking at what's going on and those that want to live a more self-reliant life, how can they insulate themselves as much as possible right now from what is happening in, in the stock market and, and what is happening uh, just economically? What, what's your suggestion there? What's your opinion of how people can insulate themselves right now? Yeah, well, hopefully people were not invested in stocks. Uh, you, know, all, you, know, you know, I got criticized a lot over the years because I've been saying, hey, you know, uh, you know, at some point the stock market bubble is going to burst, but then for a, a, quite a while it didn't burst. And people said, well, you know, uh, I'm making a lot of money, Michael. Ah, uh, you know, uh, you know, but then I always wondered, well, the stock market goes down a whole lot faster than it goes up. And so, uh, you know, as of yesterday, in 18 trading days, we saw three years worth of gains wiped out just like that. So the only way you make money in the stock market is if you get out in time. So the people that didn't get out in time, well, you already lost a whole bunch of your money. And then, you know, and if people say, well, I'm just going to stay in because they're telling me it's going to go back up. Some people eventually lose everything. So you only make money in the stock market if you get out in time. 
Now, economically overall, most Americans are dependent on a job or, you know, even if you own your own business, well, in the days to come, you're going to have a lot less customers. So it's hard to completely insulate your income from that. Uh, but whatever you can do to become more independent um, of the system is good. So, you know, moving into the time when we're going to be get, moving into gardening season. So if you're growing your own fruits and vegetables, well, you don't have to go to the store, first of all, to buy them where you can catch the virus. And then prices are going to be going up. So growing a, growing a garden is a good thing. Um, you know, uh, you know, anything you can do to become more independent of the system. Like I said, right now, to a certain extent, things that you could have done to, to prepare for that, you know, are not practical now because you've got to stay home. So, I mean, it's kind of tough, Todd, because most of us, we didn't imagine a scenario where you immediately had to stay home and couldn't go out. Right. You know, we imagined, well, we could still go out, but, you know, or maybe we had to debug out somewhere, you know, but really this is a bug in scenario, which is kind of, you know, we didn't necessarily imagine this would happen at first, but it's here, it's upon us. So um, to a certain extent, do what you can do to, to, to uh, become more independent of the system, but to a certain extent, it's almost too late. I mean, I hate to say that, Todd, because for so long I've been saying, do this, do that. I wrote a whole book entitled Get Prepared Now, but now it's almost get prepared too late because, um, man, there, at this point, Without you can do whatever you can do without leaving your home, but at this point, a lot of people are going to have to stay home. And at first, at first, it's good for some people. It's going to feel like a little vacation. Oh, I don't have to go to school. I don't have to go to work for a few days or whatever. But that's going to get old real quick. And if people now, you know, what are we going to stay home for months? You know, people like me and you and hardcore preppers are, can handle that. But most people don't have supplies for that Todd so this is going to get a, a very very hairy situation very very rapidly and of course most people have got to go to work or they've got to keep running their business to make money so like I mentioned earlier hey people that are in that position might have to be separated from their families for months potentially and that's a heartbreaking thing to do and a lot of people won't be willing to do that or able to do that so I don't know Todd is there anything you can think of? Because, I mean, to me, wow, I wish I could tell people, yeah, here's a list of things you can do to get prepared. But to a certain extent, the time has already passed. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I have always um, believed in and, and heard is, you know, investing in hard assets. And, you know, if you have it on hand, and I'm not just talking about gold and silver, I'm talking about, you know, things that, uh, that you can, even tools, Whatever, you know, whatever is there that you can use later on down the road, whatever it might be. But, um, you know, just th that's my idea is when we're talking about insulating um, people that do have Internet, you know, maybe you are pulling money out. I don't know if, if you could. I don't I don't spend a lot of time in the stock market. I don't, I don't make a lot of money. I don't, I don't have, it's not afforded to me to be able to do that kind of stuff. So uh, I don't know how all that would work online, you know, stock trading and stuff. Uh, I've known people that have lost a lot of money doing that. Uh, and so I, I just, that's not something that I ever was interested in. Uh, I'm not a real big gambler, but I always believed in the, the hard assets. If you have it, you know, in hand, it, it's useful and, and you can have it. I also think that being able to build up skills right now 
is, is, is important. If you, like you said, you might be sitting at home and you might be bored. I have learned so much just watching YouTube videos. I've been able to, you know, do things at home and fix things without calling uh, a repair guy just by watching a video uh, on YouTube and, and doing it. And so learning skills and being able to work things out, I mean, sitting down on, on the TV, you know, in, in front of the TV on a couch and just vegging out until, you know, things get back to normal, I, I don't think that would be smart. But reading and trying to improve yourself, maybe this is a time where you're, you're trying to get healthy and maybe you start to exercise, even if it's, if it's in your living room, right? Um, you can insulate yourself by building your immune system and, and getting healthy. Um, but I mean, that's not necessarily economic, but you know, anything along those lines, I think would be very helpful when we're, uh, when we're talking about this time, because uh, it, it can be very scary for, for what's happening out there. Um, yeah, and, go and ahead. One, one other thing I was going to mention, there's various kinds of online businesses that you could potentially start and where you'd, and you know, that, that, that don't even involve products where you have to like physically go out of your home and mail things to customers or whatever. So that could potentially be a way to start an online business, make some extra money to help you and your family get through what's ahead. That's a, another idea. Yeah. No, I mean, I've always talked about having a micro business and you know, I, my eyes were open when I realized that, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money off a proper website, but the little money that did come in, I'm, I'm able to pay for the services and the things that I need to run the website, but I'm also able to, uh, I was able to, to prep with that without necessarily taking money from uh, my budget, you know, my, my monthly budget, my family budget. And so I always recommend that to people. And yeah, you're right. Doing things online, you don't necessarily just have to be, uh, you know, a blogger. There's so many things that you can do. But, you know, one of the things that I know that a lot of people got out of the preparedness uh, website uh, a business, I guess, if you want to call that so, so many websites went dark because, you know, when Donald Trump became president, everybody, you know, the numbers started going down. I don't know what it was like for you, but numbers started going down and people just started bailing because they weren't able to, to see anything for people like, like me and you who are a little bit, we were doing this, not necessarily just for profit and to make a living. It's, you know, we feel like it's a mission and we're supposed to be doing this you know, it was like, hey, this, we're going to keep pushing through. And, and, and if we need to be, if we need to tighten up uh, a little bit, if we need to stop using some services that we're using, okay, fine. But we need to stay out there because things, with the way things are, at some point, things are going to go south again. Things are going to go sideways. You know, being out there for someone, that's important. And right now, I have been getting so many emails from people that just say, Todd, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for providing the information that you're doing. I'm sure you're getting the same types of emails right now because people are looking for this type of information. So, you know, having a, a micro business, a side business, a side hustle, whatever you want to call it, that's out there. Um, I, I think is beneficial and you're not going to get rich, but you know, if you get $50, if you're able to make $50 a month from Google ads or, you know, some other kind of ad or affiliate money or whatever, that helps tremendously when there's not a whole lot coming in. And so I always, always encourage that, um, out there. So definitely. So let me, let me ask you this, this other question as we're, we're getting ready to, to wind down. Is there anything that we should be looking for as far as triggers that uh, maybe maybe in the stock market? 
um, in your opinion, that when we see these triggers or we see these things going on, maybe from the from Washington or whatever, that they should throw some signs to us, right? They should they should really make our eyes, you know, come wide open and really pay attention. I mean, I think we're all paying attention right now, but anyway. But are there any things that you're looking for that when you see them, you're like, oh, boy, here we go? Yeah, one thing that uh, I, 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 one resource I use multiple times per day, there's a, a map by Johns Hopkins uh, uh, that they put up of, and there's other, there's other websites that are tracking the number of cases too, but uh, I track this map that Johns Hopkins has put up of the global spread of coronavirus. And, uh, and in particular, I've been watching very carefully the number of cases outside of China, because the numbers coming out of China have always been unreliable from the very beginning, in my opinion. But I've watched as the number of coronavirus cases, confirmed cases, uh, outside of China has stead- has gone up at an exponential rate. And I've been writing about this now for months. And very early on, I recognized, hey, this is going to be a problem. And now, I mean, we've just seen it just explode over the last couple of weeks. Where, and it's been tripling roughly just about every week. And, uh, you know, and now we're getting to the point where when it triples it, I mean, it, re- it really triples, you know. Um, but at first, the numbers were very small, but I was like, this could be a huge problem. But watch that, that uh, particularly that graph in the lower right-hand corner where it shows the number of cases. It's a, a yellow line where it's been rising at an exponential rate. Now, if we see it, if we see it go up and then start to, to turn into like a bell curve where it starts to level off, that could be a promising sign. Because that could be a sign maybe warm weather is affecting it or the measures that have been taken are starting to get this thing under control. So ignore the numbers from China. They're unreliable. But look at that yellow line. If it starts to level off, that could be a promising sign. If it continues to rise at an exponential rate and we move up from now, it's, I mean, we just blew past 100,000 cases outside of China. And if it keeps heading up toward the millions, I mean, that's a really, that, that's like a major red flag. So watch the progression of cases outside of China, uh, and particularly in the Western world, what you know, and monitor your own local community. They've got it broken down by state on that map. Other, you can find your local communities, other places. Um, but then beyond that, in terms of you know, looking for uh, national announcements, a couple of things we announced earlier: if all domestic air travel is uh, shut down, that's a major red flag. Then if they go beyond that and they say, hey, we're going to start restricting travel between certain states or between all 50 states, that's a huge red flag. And, and, uh, and that's going to greatly upset a lot of people. Um, so those are a couple of key thresholds to watch in terms of – and then beyond that, we could even see a potential nationwide lockdown like we've seen in China or Italy where they say, hey, everybody stay in your homes except maybe you can go out once a week to get some groceries or, you know – Different nations are handling it differently. But like I said, we've already seen San Francisco and New York essentially shut down two of the most important cities in the entire country. You know, so um, and then beyond that, we could even potentially go to a state of martial law, uh, you know, at least in certain areas, which is quite chilling to me. So those are some of the key landmarks to watch for now. Um, Hopefully we won't get to those. But, you know, we've already seen things happen that would have been unimaginable just a few weeks ago. Anything economically that any triggers economically that you see would, uh, you know, cause your, your 
cause your uh, your Michael Schneider senses to go off? Yeah, Europe is actually more progressed than we are right now. So I know a lot of Americans don't pay attention to Europe. Whenever I write about Europe, it doesn't get as much attention as when I write about stuff happening here. But pay attention to Europe because they're further along. Pay attention to uh, uh, the banking system, particularly Deutsche Bank in Germany. That, uh, as I warned all along, that's a huge key because that's the most important bank in the most important country in Europe. And they're, they've, they've been deeply troubled far, be, far before this crisis. Pay attention to Italy, financial problems in Italy. I think Italy is a key over there. Pay attention uh, both in Europe and in the United States for any mention of derivatives, problems with derivatives. That's something that caused a huge problem in the bailouts last time in 2008. So any mention of, hey, there's a problem with derivatives, that should perk up your ears, a, a big deal here. Um, and, uh, and then again, banks failing, anything like that, uh, that that's going to be a big deal, just like in 2008. So those are some things uh, to be watching for uh, in the weeks ahead. Okay. All right. A lot of good information there. A lot of, a lot of information, a lot of good information. So let me ask you this, this final question as we wind down our interview here. If you could talk face-to-face with one audience member, you just sat down, maybe you're drinking coffee, and you could tell them anything about where we are in history, what would you tell them right now? Yeah. Um, and I'll take a broader view of this where, you know, I think, and, and I, you know, some of us have realized this for a while and some of us have been warning a long time that this is coming, but we're really crossing a threshold into a, compl- a completely and totally different way of life where basically and economically and financially the everything bubble is bursting. But beyond that, you know, our society where we, we've had a, a, a longer period of relative stability than we thought we were even going to have. And it was an opportunity for America to change their ways where God was calling America to repent. Hey, quit running toward every kind of sin that you can possibly imagine. Choose me, choose life. But instead, we've chosen death. We've chosen to kill more than 60 million of our own children. We've chosen every type of sin that you can possibly imagine, racing toward it. Even after Donald Trump became president, we continue to run into sin. And as a result, our country shouldn't expect the protection of God. We shouldn't expect the blessing of God because we're in sin. So as a result, both the United States and the rest of the world, things are going to change. Things are going to get really, really bad. Um, and we're going to experience the consequences of decades of really, really bad decisions economically, financially, politically, socially, spiritually, and every other way. Um, basically, we're, we're, the times ahead are going to be worse than most people would dare to imagine. But once again, as I stressed earlier, now is not a time for fear because, you know, I don't, for those that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, those that don't have God, I don't know what they're going to do, honestly. But those of us that know God, we are not to fear because, like I said, God knows, knew about all this in advance. He has everything under control. He has a plan. He has a plan for you specifically. And my wife and I believe the greatest chapters of our lives are still ahead. Yeah, things are going to be very challenging. And beyond, it's not just this coronavirus. Everyone's talking about the coronavirus. You know, I, I, you know, I keep t- talking about the perfect storm. I keep because it's going to be a series. Uh, it's going to be one thing after another, everything feeding into itself. We're, we're basically going to be heading into times that 
are unimaginable to most people and and it's going to shake people to an extent i mean we're going to see people commit suicide sadly no one out there should ever do that it's not the answer to anything and it, it uh, sadly but it it we in fact before the coronavirus the suicide rate in the united states was already at an all-time high yeah, but there's no reason for it. we're deeply unhappy deeply depressed most drugged up nation on the entire planet uh, uh deaths from uh uh alcohol overdose drug overdose all-time high in this country before coronavirus now all these things are likely to get worse and that's incredibly sad because there's no reason for it because god loves you he has a plan for you he, he jesus died on the cross so your sins can be forgiven if you invite jesus christ into your life you can have eternal life live with him forever and god has a plan for this life which is greater than you can possibly imagine there's no reason for it but most people don't understand that's why it's so critical that we get out there share this message share the truth so people can have hope and realize there is a future for them but it may look very different from the future you have right now so i know i've already said a lot of these things but in terms of sitting down and telling people this hey God, God, there's hope for you. There's a future for you. God has a plan for you, but you've got to realize whatever you thought your future was going to be, it, it may be totally different. So, um, Todd, we have a message of hope, but man, things are going to get really, really bad. People need to understand that. But sadly, even most believers in this nation, because they've been told, oh, Donald Trump's in office. Nothing is bad going to happen. Don't prepare. Mm. All, most churches in America are preaching this prosperity message or this feel-good message they don't want to talk about sin they don't want to talk about what's coming they didn't tell people to get prepared and so now their people are totally confused because they're like what's happening where is God mm. why is this happening I don't understand but God's been trying to warn people all along and God has a plan for the future Ex incredibly exciting things are going to happen in the future but people don't understand because their leaders have been leading them completely the wrong direction very frustrating to me i'm sure it's frustrating to you but now hopefully people will wake up and have the wisdom to start listening to people like you people like me who have been had the wisdom to warn us about warn them about everything in advance hopefully people start waking up and start listening i know i'm long-winded todd but hopefully people can understand the frustration in my voice but hopefully people can also understand the urgency of this hour um because man from here on out, things are going to get rocky. But once again, God has a plan for you. There's a lot of parallels. I always talk about this uh, at church. A lot of parallels with where we are and where Israel was, you know, where the, the southern kingdom, Judah, was at the, at, the, uh, at the time, right before they were exiled. And then you had those, those good kings that would come. You know, the Bible always says that... Uh, you know, when they talk about a king, like, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, or if there were a bad king, he did what was wrong, you know, in the, in the, the sight of the Lord. And, you know, God, God looked at them and blessed them according to what they were doing and the way that they lived and their relationship with them. And at the end, there was people that were sharing. You had Jeremiah, you had people sharing, well, hey, guys, y'all need to look and pay attention and other people, they didn't want to listen to that. They wanted to continue, you know, living their lives and thinking, no, we're, we're great. And I always go back to that and, and I just look at the parallels that are there and, and, you know, and just go from there. And so a lot of good advice that you're, you're saying, and definitely I will uh, amen your, your, your whole uh, talk about 
that we have uh, hope in Jesus. And that, that is ultimately where it goes. And uh, I know people are, I, I talk openly about my faith on the podcast, but uh, people are getting a lot of it today because the hour is urgent, like you said. It, it is an important time. Um, how can people connect with you if they want to? Uh, you mentioned your, your websites at the very beginning uh, of, the, of the podcast, but how can people connect with you if they want to see or maybe you know, read your writings uh, more often uh, or you know, connect and see what you're doing online? Yeah, I've got three websites, theeconomiccollapseblog.com, or just go to Google and type in the economic collapse. It's the first result that comes up. I mainly focus on a lot of the stock market stuff, the financial stuff on there. Then I've got endoftheamericandream.com, kind of cover a broader variety of topics uh, on that particular website. Then I've got also got the themostimportantnews.com, where I also include uh, articles. You know, Daisy Luther contributes articles there. Other people do. And so that's, uh, you know, even a, a, a broader variety of stuff there. Um, beyond that, I've got author of four books. Now, if you want to get one of my books, I encourage them to get the ebook, the, the digital version at this point. They're still available on, they're available on amazon.com. Um, so I encourage people to check out those four books. Like I said, I've got Get Prepared Now, but at this point, it's kind of almost too late to do a lot of th those things. But um, I've got, uh, you know, some, some, some good reading there for, for people and people are going to be stuck inside a lot. You might as well do some reading. People want to contact me personally, go to Facebook, search for Michael Snyder. You can find me there. I'm on Twitter. Um, also you can write me by email. If you have a question or a concern or, or you want some prayer, you can email me at the economic collapse blog at hotmail.com. Uh, it can be reached by email there. Um, I think that just about covers it in terms of uh, ways to uh, reach me, but I uh, would love to hear from you. And I, you know, I know a lot of people have concerns. They're deeply worried, but you know, um, now's not a time for, for fear and worry. Like I said, God's going to get us through this. God has a plan. Um, so we've got it. We, we will trust in him. Um, so, you know, and a lot of people, when they say, Oh, don't fear the coronavirus. What they really means is I'm not going to take any precautions. I'm going to run around in public. I'm going to do everything I normally do. Well, that's just stupid. You know, what I mean by not fearing is, hey, we're going to use the wisdom God has given us. We're going to follow his leading. We're going to take precautions, but we're not going to panic. We're not going to give in to fear. We're going to do this. We're going to act resolutely, but we're going to do so calmly. Very well said. Michael, hey, I want to thank you so much for taking your time and uh, your time from researching and, and all the, the articles that you're writing out there, uh, taking your time to come on the Prepper Website Podcast and sharing some of your insights. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Todd. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, man. God bless. Well, once again, Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this special edition of the Prepper Website Podcast, uh, really trying to bring a, a lot here as, as I have this extra time. And, you know, Michael, I know, didn't disappoint. Uh, again, uh, there's a little scary with the scenarios and thinking about all of that. But, you know, there's always hope. And I think we, we talked a lot about that 
on this episode. And if you have any questions, like Michael said, you want to direct them to him, you can do that. If you want to come over to episode 629, I make that very easy for you. You can come over and you can drop a a message or a comment there. I'd love to hear your feedback from this this episode. And uh, we can always continue the conversation over there. And so, uh, like always, I make it very easy. There's a lot of links in the show notes. If you don't check out the show notes, you're missing out on a lot of good stuff. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 629. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app or head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the best preparedness and self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 hand-picked preparedness articles you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week or tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.